This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Okay, so um, the Shia this week, this, uh, I guess, uh, for Yom Kippur, I want to speak a little bit about an element of tshuva, which I think it, it's something bothersome in terms of how it affects us and what prompts us to do tshuva. And there's a quite a big of a discussion about it in a sefer called Drushes Haran. For those who are not familiar, the Iran was towards the end of the early Tkufar Rishonim, the 14th century. Um, he wrote on almost every tractate of Talmud a very comprehensive commentary that's very much in use in yeshivas and uh, anyone who learns in depth. He also wrote um, one work that we have and possibly more works on uh, philosophy and things like that and it's called Drushes Haram, the Ran's Drushes. It's come out in a few different editions and it is ten discourses, ten drushes on Namely on the Chumash. He goes into quite some depth on, on, on very fundamental points. What makes it a little difficult is he sort of goes from point to point. It's not a unifying point with proofs and, and, and a summation. He'll discuss a point, then move on to a point that follows from it, something that's parallel to it. It's a little bit difficult to sort of keep track of it. Uh, that's made it a little bit difficult to use. Um, recently, most recently, Mosad um, Cook put out a, a massive edition with a lot of footnotes and, and corollaries and stuff like that. That's one text. The text we're using is a simpler text, um, which is just has everything with vowels and so on. It's more pleasant to read. The first two pages are from the classic on tshuva called Shari Tshuva. And I want to start with that as sort of introduction because... He, he takes it as a given, the point that the Ran is going to try to develop. The, the Rabbeinu Yonah and Shari Tshuva, which is the classic work on Tshuva, um, starts and he writes in the second Shar, what are the ways in which a person is moved to do Tshuva? In the first, in the first um, section, he deals with what is tshuva, what moves a person to tshuva. Is the second section, and then he goes to the third section, trying to point out many myths and affairs that are neglected that we need to do tshuva and so on. So, and again, we're going to read bits and pieces of it. The first page, page one, Hadera Harisha. What is the first, and I guess primary would be a right way of saying it, prompt to do tshuva. When a person has tsaros, Yoshev Alibo, he turns himself a yom and he says, It's because he's done wrong, and it's just a result of his sins, and he'll return to Hakadish Baruch. He says, It's a passage. We just read it in the Torah. There will come a day when there will be terrible suffering to such a degree that people will say it's only because we've neglected Akadish Baruch. Now he says, take a look at something interesting in distinction between how humans treat others in, in such scenarios. Or, and how Akadosh um, Baruch He says, "V'tira b'minik basav adam ki yechti ish leish ubeis serosi ischad yikanei love neshtak lazosay." If somebody does wrong to someone else, and um, and then when things are tight, he turns to him for help. Tia charotazos grew bein chaveru. It's not a great tshuva. Uh, um, so if somebody is 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 been very mean to me, very nasty, nasty, then he comes and he says, you know, let's be friends. And I say, why? Because I really need you now. It, it's not going to be go over very well. Um, it's, it, it, it's, it's, and he says, it's it's exactly like we find in Tanakh Yiftach, who was an outcast amongst the townspeople. <laughs> When they needed him to fight, they knew his address and they came. 
And he says, It's a very famous quote of, of his. Now that you have problems, you come to me. So he says, It's a chesed of Kodesh Baruch Hu that he's mekabal, his tshuva, despite that. We won't go into it, he brings psukim and so on. But we'd like to ask ourselves, this is the primary motivator of tshuva. So how great is that? What kind of tshuva is it? So fine, Akadosh Baruch Hu is super nice. But we also want to understand that, it, that the person became a better person, a different person. If, if only because he needed you, he's, he's, um, he's asking you for something. Where, where, where in lies the tshuva in that? It's, it's, it, it remains a question. He gives also, let's go to um, page 3. And let's see um, the, the paragraph in page 3. A second way, this is all from the Shari Tshuva. Haderech Hasheni, Kashe When a person gets old, and he begins to become frail, V'yidal Kocho, He's frail. And you know what? He doesn't have so many taivas either. He also thinks, you know, it, the, the end is up ahead. And he knows it's almost over. So the second way is not much different than the first way. Um, I had a Rebbe... Rabbi Tendlers, he was the father of the Tendlers that are famous now. Rabbi Moshe Tendler should be well from, from YU. Um, Rabbi Yosef Tendler from TA, from, from, from Ner Israel. They, he was the father of them. He was my Rebbe in high school. He, he also was a Rav in his shul and an extraordinarily, he, he had a vast amount of anecdotes and folk wisdom and stuff like that and he came up with the following he, he, he said over the uh, following pshat it says that if a person is uh, if somebody answers with all his strength um, they open up the gates for him and so on so normally you interpret it as meaning you scream it out loud, you yell it so he gave a different explanation for it. And uh, the explanation he gave, he, he, he um, explained it with a, an anecdote that happened in his community. He said there was one of the Balabatim was not Shomer Shabbos, he had a store that was open on Shabbos, and he kept on nudging him to close the store, to become Shomer Shabbos, and so on. One day he comes to Rabbi Tendler and he says, Rabbi, I have great news for you. I closed my store on Shabbos, I'm a Shomer Shabbos. He says, great what prompted that tshuva? He said, I retired. <laughs> so, um, you know, so he told him, it's great, it's, 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 listen, everything is good, but he said, if you would have done it when you were in your heyday, it'd be so much more meaningful. So he said, that's the pshat, if you answer me, so you're an old person, you have not do all day long, coming in shul is one of the more exciting things to do, so coming and answering, is nice, but if, if you're busy and you're still in your full strength, and you put the time aside, that's, that's um, much more meaningful. But going back to the point, so the Shara Tshuva says, the first two prompts for Tshuva, and I assume they're in the order of frequency, significance, and, and probably importance, are when a person is suffering, and when a person is getting old and frail and falling apart. Those are the two things I want to do Tshuva. That's not terribly um, inspiring that this is a great tshuva. One, one, of the, um, one of the accusations, if you will, or um, I, I, I sort of um, taking exception at the tshuva movement from the non-religious world was that most people that became religious, it was in the wake of some traumatic event. Um, there is a truth to that. I've taught many years in, in Chuba. Many people had events. It, it didn't, many times, it didn't start with the rabbi's speech. It started with something that made an impact, usually a negative event, something happening. And then there was a going and a looking and a search and so on and so forth. So, so, the, um, so the question is, 
that really puts that process, um, it, it makes that process a, a sort of, a, 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 um, I guess, a psychological ploy to grasp at a straw when you're not really, it, it's not a genuine um, in, in intellectual, it, it's not as if the person is in command of his emotions and his intellect and making a, a considered decision. It's basically, you know, when a person is under pressure, he'll do anything. Is, so that doesn't give tshuva terribly great um, a place as a religious activity. And, and yet, this is the two things. That's the point we'd like to talk about and try to understand it. Let's take a look on page four. So, so this was the Shara Tshuva. I, I use the Shara Tshuva as sort of introductory because um, the, the, the run is going to be starting with that same point, but it's based on that. I want to add a, another point to the Shari Tshuva, just to sort of round out. Somebody once, somebody, a person that, I'm in contact with a person uh, that I'm very friendly with, he's not an observant Jew, but a very thoughtful and intelligent person, and a very sensitive person, uh, a bit older than me, and he said um, his, own, um, his own parent is going through a phase of, you know, being very elderly and Things are sort of beginning to disintegrate on, on all on all levels, and he said, "You know, um, we've accomplished so much and able to prolong people's lives and so on and so forth. Why, in other words, why is this how it ends up?" You know, he was speaking sort of. I guess why would God make that? Why God takes a particular person at a certain moment that he had an easier time with, but. That this is the, so this you know you can always say this person for whatever reason is exception. When we're talking about somebody that's older, and it seems to be a natural process of a natural decline and and and, and sort of a twilight of kinds, it's it's very very difficult to understand what's gained from that. And again, we don't um, if we don't know we don't know if we don't you know it, it, it doesn't. God's truth is not tested by our understanding, but if we can understand and get something from it, and in my mind, I believe what the Sharetshuva says: the fact that there is a period we see in front of our eyes that a person is declining, it, it, it leaves us an impression that things are not there forever, um, and that it, it impacts us. It definitely impacts us. It makes people very uncomfortable. And I would, and I believe that that's, it, it, it's, it's probably the most, th- th- this is universally how it affects us. Um, we, we, we have a tremendous discomfort at seeing a person disintegrate. Um, but I'd like to see the Joshua Zeran and get a better sense of not just the idea of doing tshuva to sort of um, desperately hold on to something and some sort of wild stab at, at possibly maybe this will work kind of thing. But I'd like to try to understand the fundamental process of it. So let's turn to page four, and this is the first page of the Joshua Sarah. So he says this the third paragraph, Omnam, the paragraph that starts with Omnam. So he, he says here the, the, the Torah is discussing these parishes of Odazara. Even though it's, it is the worst Avera in the Torah, still a Kaddish Baruch Hu promised, if we come back to Kaddish Baruch Hu, we will find him even if we strayed into Avodah Zorah. So, next paragraph. So besides the fact that we've gone to a terrible place, we've become a pagan, Hashem will still accept us when we come back. But he says, He said, When things become tight, difficult, and at the end of the days, all of the stuff that I described will find you. If you return to Hakadosh Baruch and listen to Him, what the pasuk is telling us, even if the tshuva came only because of suffering, 
Okay, so he basically says, he makes the same point in the Torah. And now we ask the obvious, the obvious question. Let's take a look um, at the next page, on page 5, the second paragraph. Um, I'm going to skim down three or four lines so that we follow the exact thread of what we're trying to do. On the fourth line, in, on page 5 that I've he says, this is, this is very, very difficult. After we rebelled against HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the only reason we're coming back is because of a tzorah. Why would he accept our tshuva? You know, it's, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is kind, but we would say, you know, imagine our, you know, this is, I guess anyone who raises teenagers runs into this all the time. You know, he, he something, he, he declares his independence, something goes wrong, and he comes back. You know, and, and uh, you're always tempted to say, I told you so, or if you would have listened, or, or one of many other phrases. But, but what does it mean? Is, I mean, it, it, I don't have a problem with HaKadosh Baruch Hu's kindness, but isn't that fostering a dishonesty and sort of exploiting I mean is it turning um, religion, God, Torah into just kind of a desperate place to go to when everything else doesn't work very honorable he brings the same Pasuk because that Pasuk expresses it most strongly why when we have a problem do you come to me Yes, you know, is merciful, but he doesn't erase lines of just and righteous and so on to declare someone a tzaddik because he's turned to you out of out of um, you know desperation. Okay, so let's take a look at um, the next page. Page 6, and this is the last paragraph, this is the, the second paragraph. Um, the, the, um, in the paragraph before, um, I, I don't want to go into it, confused, but, but he basically says, when you find... You don't automatically write off and say, well, that's what Hashem wants. If, if the, you see the way Chazal used certain norms to explore what must it mean by Kaddish Baruch Hu. If we understand this appropriately to be unjust and wrong, we can't just slap it on Kaddish Baruch Hu. That, that's the point in that paragraph. I don't, I don't want to go off because it just, it, it'll, it'll, this, it'll uh, disrupt our train of thought. Um, the Pusik doesn't stop and say that when things are going to be difficult and Makarish Baruch will take you. It says, There are two ways a person can turn back Mitoch Tzara. There are some people that don't do complete tshuva. They don't really change their beliefs. And, and, and those type of people, the Pusik castigates them. Pusik says, When they have things bad happening to them, that's when they turn and the mispality should be helped. Okay, let's talk about this point because this point is really his this is the point that he's making. Um, let's, let's use as an illustration again, something which we can relate to in, in the world of Chinuch just much easier because um, we're, we're sort of the Mechantim at that stage. Imagine a child 
who is spoiled rotten. And the child gets whatever he wants, when he wants, totally unaccountable, no expectations. <coughs> Worst case scenario, your neighbor's kid. Now, let's say something happens to him. He's all of a sudden, let's say he's drafted into the army. And for three years, there is no special attention. You, you get only what you deserve, not a drop more. Everything is spartan. Everything is, is as per need. The whole nine yards. So one way of looking at it is, I was cast into a hell and suffered for three years terribly. And that's one way of looking at it. There's another way of looking at it. I was living in a fool's paradise. I was living in an unreal world. And all of a sudden I realized that, that I'd been on drugs. That, that, that the life I led was not real. Um, can't work in, in, in the world. Makes me a cripple. And I, I was returned to reality. So we have black and white and two ways of looking at it. A person can look at it that um, the, 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 um, the, the cushy, the schmaltzy part was reality and the other one was suffering or it, the other way around. Um, the hardship is real life and the other thing was a bubble. Um, when I had, a, I had a friend of mine in Shiva, a wonderful boy, really a, a very, very good boy. He, he was English and he actually liked to drink occasionally. And he also, he had very sharp lines. And one of them was, he said, sobriety is a condition caused by a severe deficiency of alcohol. That was the way he described it. Sort of, you know, again, it was, it was, it was uh, sarcastic. It was in humor that, you know, a, a person's natural function is on alcohol. And God forbid, if you're off alcohol, you suffer from, from being sober. That, that was kind of the, the, the input. But, but it's, it's, it's a very, it's, it's, it's a description of what we're saying. The Torah tells us many times, a visa, in, in Azino, a visa, kashisa, Eclaius, um, when they become fat and content, they become spoiled. Um, let's take a look at it. We unfortunately, um, we don't, our mind is not always clear about things. So when a person is, when a person is living in his heyday, a person thinks of himself as being immortal. We all know we're going to die. We all know that our life has uh, a, a boundary to it. But no one accepts that. Emotionally, we don't accept it, even though it's, it's... So we pretend as if we have all the time in the world. We, we pretend as if nothing will ever stop us. We pretend we'll always be in the prime of life. Um, that's not a look... If a person were to look at himself through, the, through the, the, the light of reality, he would say, I have X amount of years that I don't know how many but certainly not more than why. And what am I going to do with those years? The, 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 um, and and, and that's, that's reality. When a, person, um, when a person has things going well, there's some an expectation that it should, yeah, of course things should be well. Because why should I not be entitled to it? What did I do wrong that should be taken away from me? But why do you deserve it? We start with a lot of gifts. I mean, thank God, every one of us who's here, forget about, besides, forget about the health. We, 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 we grew up in a country where things were good. Were as good as they ever were in history for, 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 for all of us. Whether we had a little more difficulty or a little better, makes no difference. We're way ahead. But we take for granted, of course. Why, why should I not have had three meals you know, every day of my life? Well, I mean, why should you? Most of the world doesn't have three meals a day. Most of the world struggles for food. Until 100 years ago, um, you know, food was a struggle. The, you know, and, and yet we tend to become 
um, very, very content and very used to it. So when something happens, um, then we ask ourselves, um, so we have two ways of looking at it. We can look at it as, why was I dealt a raw hand at this moment? What did I, or, you know, I've been living in a fool's paradise. I thought that if I was breathing for 100 years, I'd breathe for 120 years, or forever. It's not like that. Or if I had money for, the, for X amount of years, I'll have it more. Why? So, and, and it makes, it changes a person. I, I told over recently a, 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 a story that I was, I, I mean, I wasn't part of the story, but I, I, it was, it, it, I heard it from the person. Um, I had an acquaintance in Eretz who made a lot of money very quickly, which is never, never good. And a very firm person, a very Haredi person, and he, he did like he did. He gave a lot of tzedakah, but he became very full of himself very quickly. Really, it, it was, it was, you know, you know, his giving tzedakah had overtones to it that was that were not pleasant. Um, and he told somebody who worked for him, who was also a friend of mine, neighbor of mine, you know, Yossi says, if you want to be rich. You can be rich. If you're not rich, it's because you didn't want enough, or something like that. Lo and behold, one morning, it wasn't anything illegal, but something went wrong. Somebody, this person had many holdings, this person had many businesses, and something went wrong in one business. Within a few weeks, everything turned to dust, literally. I mean, he was left penniless, without a home. And with mounting legal bills, that was that was where he was. Um, he never got out of it. Uh, he, he basically everything collapsed. Um, he had wealthy family members who gave him like I don't know something small like to rent out, and that would be where he would live off. Yeah, I don't know if he owns a apartment. You know, whatever is the person. This was already when I was going back and forth from from Israel to America. And one Shabbos, we decided we'll walk over to visit them. They had lived, they were neighbors of ours, and they'd moved away far. And then we felt at least just sort of... So I went there, and I didn't... Obviously, I wouldn't talk about his troubles, but he raised it. And he said, you know, Aaron, he said, one good thing came out of this whole big mess. That I, I finally realized there's a God in the world. I was taken aback, and, and uh, it, 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 was, it was said with sincerity. In other words, and, and I don't wish his troubles anybody, but in terms of his person, he, he, he was so, he was such a big bubble, and it was painful to watch him in, in his heyday, because even though he had everything good, the person itself was living in a fantasy, and an ugly fantasy, and, and when things had gone so terrible, the person at least was living in reality and was real. And God help him, that will come back to have comfort also. Um, but, but, but at least understanding what that means. So it, 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 a person suffering tends to jolt us and to sometimes knock our senses back to us. A, person, uh, um, a, a person's comfort becomes eating, drinking, etc., whatever it is that's physically pleasurable. When that starts drying out, so one way of looking at it is um, that's terrible. Well, what's the point of living if the doctor says I can't eat something sweet, I can't eat something this, I can't eat something that? Well, if I'm stuck with broccoli for the rest of my life, what's, what's the use of life? That's one way of looking at it. Another way of looking at it is, you know, you know, maybe, maybe there's something else to me and to life than, than, than where I was going. When a person gets older and he, his physical cravings begin to subside, so one way of looking at it is, oh my gosh, what's the point of it? Another way of looking at it is, you know, maybe this is only a shell of life. And maybe there are some meaningful things that go to a deeper part of a person that, that are sort of eternal. So, so the Ram says, 
there are two types of tshuva reactions to tsaris. One is you just do it because um, you know it's kind of you figure. I don't know. Maybe if there's a god there and he's upset, you might as well do it. Or this this might help. That's one level of tshuva, and it's a very shallow level of tshuva. A second one is um, that the person begins, and the way he describes it is. So he says the future, when things are tranquil, a person drinks and gets drunk with all the pleasures that he indulges in. If a person can get up while he's still in, 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 the, in the bloom of his youth and, and his tithes are strong, and, and, he, and he says to himself, What am I doing? And, is this a value? That would be fantastic. So if a person can awaken himself that you know life must have much greater depth than, than a simple physical pleasure, that's the best tshuva. Pasuk says, even if you didn't have the, 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 the strength and clarity when you were indulging to pull back and say what's the point of it, it took the prompting of a, of a difficult experience. If he, if he returns with all his heart, and the realization that he has during that time becomes so powerful. Sorry, next page. Yosef That even after the tsar is over, he still is a changed person. So the Iran is telling us that the Torah is telling us over here that even if if it took a catalyst of tsar or tsara to to change you, it still is a tshuva and then he um, then he says David HaMelech um, said something similar he says I will always hope to Hashem and I will add to all of the praises what does that mean? there's some people that turn to God only when things are difficult and when they have a Yeshua, they praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but then they let go, they give up. It's like a sick person, when he's very sick, he's busy davening HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When he gets up and he starts walking around, he makes a big gomol and he thanks the Shabbos. But for Chakin, b'shuvah lets him briyosoi lo yoshiv alibo v'lo das v'lo tuna shenzor shboy. But then it's over. Kinish kotzar zeishonos. I want to elaborate this point as well. He's describing here not a bad person, but let's give an example. If if a person um, helps me when I'm stuck, so I owe him a thank you and a big thank you, and you know commensurate to to the help that I received and to how difficult the person gave help. But it doesn't make sense that my entire life I'm going to go around and thanking him, thanking him, thanking him. But let's say um, let's say let's take a different example. Imagine the the, 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 the the person is very sick, and finally somebody diagnoses and says you're allergic to X, Y, or Z, or just because I just know something now celiac or whatever it is. And I stop eating wheat products, and I'm I I, I, I thrive. So so yes, I've got to continue the rest of my life because what happened was I don't. It, it's not the thanking. It, it's not an event. It's a realization. I, I've discovered what was the problem. If a person's religious experience is vis-a-vis God as an entity that sort of is, I guess, punishing, um, reprimanding, and God as a savior, and he saved me, so I thank him. 
the thanking all day long, well, why? I mean, what's the point of it? David Amalek said, I, something snapped into place in terms of realizing the Akadosh Baruch Hu, when he brings a, a punishment, it says he eats, Akadosh Baruch Hu gives us, me pre, it gives a Russian me pre malolov, a taste of the fruit of his bad deeds. Whenever we can determine, whenever we, we understand a tzara to be coming from Hashem Yisbarach, it's many times midah keneged midah. And midah keneged midah is to help us realize where this is taking us to. Um, let's give an example. Let's say somebody in a setting of, in a society, a societal setting. Somebody is obnoxious, not a pleasant person. And less and less people, um, he, he, he pushes people away and doesn't care to form any friendship bonds. And then he makes a simcha and nobody shows up. So that's not an act of punishment. Well, you know, it's, it's somebody's trying to, to, to punish you for not doing it. It's, it's the natural fruit. If you drive people away and you don't make yourself a member of society, then you've put yourself out of society. So it's not reward, punishment, um, lesson, or whatever it is. There's, there's, there, it's, it's simply a realization of consequences of what you've done. And, and uh, parenthetically, in Chinuch, it, the best way, if, if a person has the patience and the wisdom to let a child see the consequence of his action, it's usually is the best, is, is the best lesson. You know, for the kid that doesn't watch his stuff, keep his stuff, whatever it is. So, um, you know, warning, threatening, uh, exterior punishments work to some degree, or sometimes they're counterproductive, whatever. But let's say you don't remind the kid to keep his ticket or whatever it is, and then when he has to take the train or the plane, he doesn't have it, and he misses the flight or, or, or the train. I assure you that the next time he will start being very, very careful. Um, there's nothing. You always have to make sure that the consequences are are reversible. You know, you know. Obviously, you know, this, the boundaries about. But the, the real reason why you have to be careful about the way you put your X, Y, Z is not because you're not going to get a prize or you'll get punished. It's because there's a consequence to it, and tasting the consequence. It brings home the reality. So, so the need to know where you put your passport and not throw it in the first place that you find in the room and then forget about it is because when you need it and you, you're, you're, you're racing with the clock to make the, 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 the flight, you want to know exactly where your passport is. And that's the real lesson. So Akarish Baruch who gives us the Tzar and Tzar many times as a... a um, is sort of a taste of what it is that we've done and give us a consequence. That's mita connected mita. It's to give us a taste, a boomerang of our own actions. So David Malach says, so if it was simply, well, HaKadosh Baruch was a savior, so I thank you. And that's the end of it. But, but if, it's, if it means HaKadosh Baruch brought me to my senses, then it doesn't stop with that. Well, the fikr of the shown the end of that second paragraph. And then he know it came. And he I'm always hopeful, looking to God. Lobits are asal about. Not only when things are difficult. Avagam beishalvasi. Next paragraph. He says, Valderech zeh. Afal pishetchilus atshuvayis v'tachatzara. So even though it started with an outside prompt, Hakadosh Baruch Hu brought it zaratos. Since it was a Chuvik Mura, accepts it. And that's the condition needed, that type of Chuva, to bring us back to Israel. Um, I want to stop and pause a minute. He, he continues the next one and says, even though a temporary tshuva is not, is not real tshuva, it still helps. It helps protect the person from Yisurim and so on. But, but he, he explains it in the psukim. 
that one of them is a um, is, is 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 the re- reason to bring us back to Yisrael out of the Golas of the Gula. The other one helps us that we don't suffer. Where's that distinction? He's reading into the Pasik. Appropriately so. The Pasik says, in the end of days, you will be suffering terribly. You will turn to God from your suffering, and still God will accept it, and I'll return all, all the lost members of Christ and bring back their sons also. That's the flow of the Psukim. But, so he's, he's definitely he's reading the Psukim. But what's the, what is that logic? And the answer is because in the big picture, we came into Israel somewhat unprepared. And our entire history as, as a, a full-bodied nation, being in Israel, being masters of Israel, having our own monarchy, everything that we had, all, all, all of the elements of a nation, we kept slipping. And there was this constant back and forth they did wrong, Kach Baruch Hu punished them, they did tshuva, back and forth, back and forth. It was always living with a fix. It, it never was, um, it, it, it never became the permanent situation that they would do what's right. Um, it got to a point where Kach Baruch Hu said, there's no point to this anymore. It, 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 you're, you're sort of um, you're not living on your own you're, just, you're sort of just being um, ventilated because as soon as, I, as soon as the Navi stops talking you start doing a reserve back and forth back and forth if you, the Navi is too annoying you just get rid of him so we left and the process of being in Golos with all of the terrible sufferings besides the major suffering, just not being the nation that we were meant to be, is that we need to come to that realization. It's not going to change. So there's, there's, there, are, there are immediate issues. We do have various, Kaddish Baruch brings Saris, we do Tshuva, Kaddish Baruch Hu sort of brings Yeshua. But, but in the big picture, unless what, what happens is our own awareness kicks in, we're not there yet. The whole purpose is that we come to realization we are an Am Hashem. What makes us Jews is that Hashem forged a covenant with us. And there's nothing else that can make us an Am Hashem. And there's nothing else really that will keep us. So, so, unless we get, so if we get to that point where we can come to that realization, and, and I, I mean, I don't, I, I certainly can't speak as a Navi, uh, and describe history, but it says Bino Shnos Dor Vador. I'd like to look at a period of history that's um, not that old, I don't know, 100 some odd years ago, 200 to 100 years ago. The, it's very interesting. People look at the Zionist movement in its secular form and, and see it as being a very secular um, movement, ideology, in a sense, almost in opposition to religion in a certain sense but there's a piece of history for that for, for, for hundreds of years the Jews were third class citizens fourth class citizens ghettos, suffering, so on and so forth when, the light, when enlightenment reform um, emancipation when Europe started in the early 1800s to become something more of a progressive entity Jews said, this is it. Um, we'll, we're as French as the Frenchmen, we're as German as the Germans. Assimilation became the obvious um, result of it. You know, as long as we couldn't assimilate and we, and we couldn't go, so the gates are open. Why should we be third-rate citizens when we could be first citizens? What's the difference? And so on. And not, many, not long afterwards, the gates started slamming back again. I won't go through all the details. And this formed a second movement of people who had rejected religion, but said, it's crazy, but we'll never become people of, of the country that we're at. So there were different movements. There was Jewish socialism, which tried to transcend nationalism, and so the Jew became a world citizen. 
And there was Zionism, which was much closer home, and said, whatever it is, it's, it's irrational, it's crazy. We'll never be accepted as members of our host countries. We're Jewish, and we're going to live in Israel, and have our own identity. That's the only way we'll become a nation. That's a tremendous turn back to our Kaddish Baruch Hu. Even if you resist the idea of including a God in it, but what does it mean? It makes no sense. It's, it's, it's irrational. Um, they recognize the reality that hard as we try, we're just not one of them. And, and, and therefore, there was a turning back. It was a realization. Bezat Hashem, it'll go further. We realize the content of being Klal Yisrael is an arm that has a brisa Kaddish Baruch but, but that has to snap into place because that's what Akash Prochu wants us our awareness and fundamental understanding of who we are and what we are needs to snap in let's see finally um, the, the, um, the, on page 8 Umina Nira Shekoma Sheifligur Azal the last paragraph on page 8 the bottom paragraph this is a different drush than the drush for Zaran, but complements, and, and it really sort of continues, so it's, it's a compliment to what he says before. And this is whenever you find Chazal say how suffering is good. What does it mean suffering is good? Like somebody, he purifies him with Yisur. He says, it's a really important question to ask yourself. What, what good comes out of suffering this world? He says, if you tell me because HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes, repays us for our various, so we don't have to suffer in the next world, I'm, I'm going to just explain outside. Well, it's, it's the same thing. In other words, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is just. So he's prorated X amount of suffering in this world to X amount of suffering in the other world, and so on and so forth. So we don't gain anything. No one is getting away with anything. So what's the point of suffering here? So, next page, nine. Harei ein lecholoma, the second line over here. So you must say, like I explained. The real struggle of a person is between fantasy and his critical faculties, his, his critical mind. When things are going well, we, live, we tend to live in a world of fantasy. Um, and when a person suffers, fantasy disappears, evaporates, and reality is home. When a person suffers, and again, Chazal say it means suffering to a degree that it allows you to function and do well, not when, when, when you can't function. It, 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 deprivation and suffering bring a person back to senses. And they say, you know, yes, um, I've been living in, in, a, in, a, in a dream world and I must connect reality again. Okay, so let's, and, and then he repeats some of the points he made before, so we'll, we'll hold it here. So let's just sum up. We, we saw in Rabbeinu Yonah, who is the classic work on tshuva, that he, he describes the two, the, his first two great um, uh, prompts for tshuva, um, motivators for tshuva, are suffering, Distress of any kind, sir, is really distress of any kind, and old age, and we and and um, which means when a person is is when when a person suffers, one way or another, uh, or he sees the end up ahead, he's moved to tshuva, and the obvious question is, but that's a fake tshuva. That's like not the real person. When when a person is under distress, he'll he'll do anything to get out of the distress. So 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 where where is that tshuva? Why is that good? And, and, and the, the Psukim talk about it all the time. So we, we used the Ran and explained it. The Ran says that it's talking about what prompted you to do tshuva was a moment of distress, but it caused an awakening in you of realizing that you had been drunk with excess indulgence, your senses had been dulled, 
Uh, imagine, you know, we, somebody else is going through a difficult period, and whatever finances or family, whatever it is, and we're not terribly sympathetic, and then God forbid at some point we go through something similar. And when we suffer, we say, well, I, I, I was, there was too much of a barrier to me and him. I, I didn't allow his pain to, to, to touch me because, and, and that's why I never felt what he felt. I never understood what it, what, what, what it was. Um, so the the the, the says this is all built on the following on, on the following the, the, um, description. When a person, the, the great struggle is between fantasy and reality. When a person, when everything is good, and especially when it's bountiful, and much more so when it's extraordinarily bountiful, a person tends to get into a spiritual stupor. A person tends to become drunk with himself, with his power, with, with, with his wealth, whatever it is. And when Akkadish Baruch brings distress to the person, it shakes him and says and it, and, it, and it awakens him and places him in, in, into a real world. And if a person understands it that way, then the tshuva that it does is real because it's a realization. It's not just giving in to pressure. It's a realization. It's just like, um, you know, when, when you twist a hand or something and it hurts, so you don't go further because it hurts. But a secondary observation is, if it hurts, it's probably not meant to go further than that. Anything that hurts, it's, besides the pain involved, it's also a sign that it's not meant to be twisted or turned the way you're doing it. Um, when, 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 we, when we're awakened by, by some tsar or tsara, that's meant to be imparted to us. And that's what Kach told us. Even if you needed to be prompted by that, so long as the realization... Is, is, is real it becomes permanent then it's as good shuva as if you had the own um, the, 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 the own ability to um, come to that realization when everything was perfect and, and nothing prompted you that's certainly a, a, a tremendous metric. but even if not so long as the end result is connecting with reality and understanding the MS that shuva is the kubelis. It, it, I, I think I've, I find it helpful. You know, Yom Nirom is a time when a lot of us focus on difficulties of the year. That was, you know, it, everyone has his own peckle in different ways. And we feel, um, yes, and part of our tshuva connects with it. Part of it is guilty feelings, and part of it is connecting to our difficulties, whether we do it consciously or not, but it's there. It's, it's, it's not, and, and if somebody's a balnefesh, we tend to feel a little bit, um, we tend to feel uncomfortable with it. So really, I'm, I'm coming and doing tshuva because I need something and I want something. We don't feel, a person's balnefesh doesn't feel comfortable, but it's not like that. What it really meant to be is, I took things for granted, I was too sure of myself, I, I wasn't part of the picture. And when and, and so, so that it can be used in an appropriate way as a prompt for us to to hit reality again, and then our, our truth will be a true shleim of Hashem, and the Kach will grant us what we need and and and, and to prosper in Gashmis and in Ruchmis Hashem. Gemach simetovim.